after 18 years since Matrix Revolutions, the fourth film in the Matrix franchise has hit theaters, and let's review it. The Matrix Resurrections was directed by Lana Wachowski and stars Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Jessica Henwick, Jonathan Groff, and Neil Patrick Harris. In a world of two realities, everyday life, and what lies behind it, Thomas Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. Choice, while an illusion, is still the only way in or out of the Matrix, which is stronger, more secure, and more dangerous than ever before. Hey everyone, welcome back to another review. Today I'm going to be talking about The Matrix Resurrections, the fourth film in the franchise, as mentioned, as just explained what it's about. If you've been following, I did talk about the first trailer. Didn't really sell me, but the second trailer, which I didn't get to talk about on here, actually really enjoyed and gave me quite a bit of hope for this movie and started to tease a few things that really actually enticed me. And yeah, if you're interested to find out whether um, wh whether to find out whether to find out is if this is the Matrix sequel, most people, because I know there are fans of the original. Is this a sequel that most people have been waiting for? Does it rejuvenate the franchise with more of what we love from the first film? We'll find out right now as I review it. And, and also, this is a spoiler-free review. So if you've been online and you're you know, in the film space on any type of social media, you've probably seen some of the reactions to this movie. And just as I expected pretty much before them coming out, they are extremely divisive. Obviously, the few rev the full reviews didn't hit until like just over twelve hours ago, but I actually saw the movie like five or six hours and finished watching the movie like five or six hours before the, or at least four or five hours before the review embargo even lifted. So I could have sped up this review and got it out before then. But to be honest, I was actually struggling on my thoughts with this movie. It seems like with the reactions and now the reviews, there are some people who love this movie, think it's genius. Other people who like it think it's a good Matrix sequel, but nowhere near lives up to the original. Some people who left it feeling, I guess, kind of empty. Some people thought it was just way too far into the nostalgia bit, and people who just could not handle how meta it was and thought it was just being too goofy with it. And to be honest, within all that, I actually kind of lie on the middle, and that's me saying that for almost everything I like about this movie, The Matrix Resurrections, that is, it kind of has something to it that's kind of, I could say, which is also a negative, which I feel like it's something I said just a few months ago with another movie, but I can't think what it was. There's a lot of great things about this, but with that, there's also things that come that are pretty bad and go directly in line with it. You could see it from two different angles, and for some of them, I'm still deciding which side I fall on. But I think what pushes this movie a bit more to the positive side for me personally and why I enjoyed it is because... I liked listening and looking at the movie, which is something that I feel like I can't really say about The Matrix Revolutions because it's so overstuffed and overblown. I cannot handle how much is going on in that movie in terms of what's going on on screen, how loud it is. That movie is just, that Matrix Revolution is just not a movie for me. And I just think it's headache inducing for a large majority of the runtime. When it comes to this movie, it's fun to look at and it has great sound work. So let's get into that first. The visuals and pretty much the technical aspects of this movie. And then we'll get into some uh, everything else, which is pretty much all mixed for me. This is what I think is the strongest about this movie. This is, I think, the visual feast that fans are looking for. Obviously, it's not going to be as groundbreaking as the original Matrix because there's nothing in this movie that really tries to go there. 
And I don't think that's something you should hold against the movie personally. But there's some really gorgeous visual effects. A lot of them are reused from the first film, but the reality is they still look amazing. Like in some of the action scenes, there's some like you can feel the impact because of the way it's visualized. And speaking of the action, some of it is still very cool, impactful. But I have to say with the action, again, this is another one of the things. So maybe I should have saved this for later, but there is kind of a kind of a tint in here kind of holding it back. And that is that I felt like I needed more of the actual martial arts and the longer takes. I really missed those. And the, the action scenes here felt a bit more standard and less unique. But they're still pretty good compared to a lot of the other stuff we get today. And, I th- and it was cool seeing action mostly shot well. Better than how it's mostly shot today. But also it did also feel a bit more choppy than the previous three movies. In terms of the fist-to-fist fist fist fights. I'm not mentioning like the stupid laser robot shooting. People shooting robots in the third movie. Not counting that. This, it just felt a bit less graceful and a bit more... I don't know. Just... It was a bit more modernized, which I don't think was necessary, but I did enjoy in it. And I thought the choreography, as well as the cinematography, for the most part, was pretty on point. The cinematography in particular, in like a, in a few chase sequences, looks beautiful. There's even some establishing shots, which look fantastic. And overall, it is a pretty damn good-looking movie. And it, which it would also, it also has a fantastic score that was booming for a lot of the movie. And really, I thought, added to the experience. And in terms of the action, I thought the scenes that stood out for me was probably the climax. There's like a motorcycle chase with some of the main characters. I know we've had chases before, but this didn't really feel like your usual Matrix chase scene, which I don't know if it's, if, if, it, if, it's a, if it's a good or bad thing. But I think that I think that I really enjoyed the sequence. Some really cool visuals. I thought the sound design in this sequence in particular was awesome. And I genuinely think it should be getting a sound recognition from the Oscars. And when it comes to everything else, everything kind of, everything I like about it from now on kind of comes with another side to it. And that's like the negative aspect of that. Like, for example, the cast, some great performers, some great performances, some great, um, portrayals of characters but other characters that were just really unnecessary and completely wasted but I'll get into the cast later because I'll get into it at the end because I feel like everything I say now kind of ties together and I can't really leave the cast in here so I'll talk about them last but let's kind of get started with some of the things that were really mixed which again was most of my thoughts on this movie this movie is extremely meta and self-aware and it really took me off guard and I'm mentioning particularly the first act the first act, just to kind of lay it out for you, without getting into spoilers, is a very meta and self-aware take on, not a take, but just it portrays franchise, modern-day franchise, filmmaking and sequels in a very self-aware way in our, you know, modern world, you know, how we experience things now. And the second, the second and third act kind of just take a complete detour and just go in a different story direction. It kind of just sets up the story in the second act, and it really takes place in the third act. So this movie does have a bit of an unusual structure, that the first act kind of sets you up with the expectation for what to expect with the story, and the story really starts in the second act. The story doesn't get set up in the first act, so it's kind of odd the way that was done. But I kind of was taken off in a good way by the way they did that. But the first act is extremely self-aware, and sometimes... It is extremely funny. In particular, I really like this montage sequences. Now, what actually happens in here, I will talk about in a second. 
but I liked the way the montage played. I thought the music played was good, but I liked some of the sequences we had with seeing Thomas Anderson and where he was at, you know, kind of experiencing his life. I liked some of that, and some of it was pretty funny. You've seen some of it in the trailers. But also, sometimes it, the movie makes jokes, but then later in the movie falls into the traps of what they're making fun of. And I found that extremely odd. Like, there's one sequence, I will not spoil what's going on here, where the characters in the film, in this company that Thomas Anderson works at, that's all I'll say, kind of have a conversation about, you know, just sequels in general. I'm not going to say what the context of this is, but it's so self-aware that they're just mentioning what people would want to see. Like, from example, like, what they would want to see in a sequel. And this film, The Matrix Resurrections, The Matrix 4, this actual film, falls into some of the traps they mention and kind of say that people would expect, even though I feel like the film is setting up something completely different and trying to subvert your expectations from what you'd normally expect from a sequel. But I didn't think this movie really did that. I mean, to an extent, it does, which I'll get into in a second. But this movie does rely a lot on nostalgia. And I feel like that's a big, big popular thing that's going on right now in movies is they're trying to draw nostalgia, whether it's Spider-Man No Way Home, which I'll talk about in a second, or even a movie like Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I haven't seen, but from what I've heard is extremely nostalgia-inducing. And I think nostalgia can be used very powerfully and work really well. I mean, look at Avengers Endgame. That movie, whatever you say, does rely on your nostalgia of the MCU because it takes you on a time-traveling adventure revisiting those places. But it works well and it's weaved into the story naturally in what they're trying to tell. When it comes to the nostalgia in this movie, I feel like most of it is just unnecessary offshoot scenes that, by the way, uses way too much archive footage, or not archive footage, but footage from the first three films. It would just constantly cut in and it felt kind of jarring the way it was done in certain sequences. Like there are scenes where characters just walk into rooms and other characters are just saying a line from the original Matrix just for the sakes of making a joke out of it. But you can clearly tell that they're doing it for nostalgia and there's no reason to do so. I mean, this is already a pretty long movie and cutting a lot of the unnecessary nostalgia bait out, I think would have shortened the runtime significantly and allowed for something a bit more interesting. But a lot of the nostalgia here doesn't feel necessary or weaved into the plot properly it just felt jarring and out of place whenever it came in. Now, some of it really works, and some of the callbacks and certain action sequences or some lines people say really work, but then other times, characters say, just re- recreate moments and lines from the original trilogy in a scene where it doesn't even make any sense. So again, I have mixed feelings on the way the nostalgia was used, mixed feelings on the extremely self-aware nature of this. It can be very funny, but sometimes it's a very heavy-handed and felt out of place. And I'm saying all this as someone who's supremely excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. I know all of you have already seen it, but I'm seeing the film tomorrow and my spoiler-free review review will be out on Friday. And that movie will rely on a lot of nostalgia. And I'm crossing my fingers that the nostalgia is weaved properly in there. And it's by far my biggest worry that they're just going to expect us to love the movie because, I don't know, Green Goblin and Doc Ock show up. But if it's weaved into the story naturally, which is mostly what I've heard and adds to the character arcs of the characters we've loved from this Homecoming trilogy, it's going to work. And that's really what I'm crossing my fingers for. With this movie, 
the nostalgia wasn't really necessary and was just thrown in there to kind of, I guess, extend the movie a bit and kind of take, like, cut, like kind of cut off certain story beats a bit. I don't know. It just felt a bit out of place whenever it came in. And that's coming from someone who thinks nostalgia can be a very effective tool. So just keep that in mind and please don't say I'm just harping on this movie because it's nostalgia for something that, for a franchise that I'm not as connected to and that's why I don't like it. And I would just don't say that because the first Matrix movie is one of my favorite films ever made. In fact, it's actually in my top 15. And if you want to hear me talk about that, although I will be doing ranking tomorrow, you can go back and look at my, or listen to my, uh, top 20 favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. It's every, it just, it's sci-fi perfection, and I absolutely love it. And there's a lot in this movie that did actually kind of harp at, you know, kind of did give me the chills because I love the original film so much. But I just felt in this movie, it didn't really fit whenever it came in. It didn't really feel like it was weaved into the story naturally enough, at least for me personally. And it felt like the creatives and writers kind of played set up these tropes so that you'd be okay with it once it came although in the movie it almost seemed like they were going to play off them and subvert subvert them a bit which would have been interesting and does kind of happen in a certain sense which i'll talk about right now and that is that the central story of this film and what what the main characters are trying to do i'm trying to be as careful as i can because the trailers really have not gone into this from what i've seen the central story is actually extremely simple, and it's actually slightly generic almost. I would almost go as far to say that, but I really like that this feels more personal and is a much smaller scale, and it really attempts to have a heart and core at its center, an emotional core, that is, and I think that emotional core actually worked a lot better than I was expecting, and I think that Towards the third act, certain aspects do feel a bit rushed. And I think it, can, it just didn't hit hard as much as I'd wanted. But prior to that, I could feel the emotional core that, you know, obviously you know he's in the movie. So Neo is kind of feeling and his reasoning for doing what he's doing in this movie. And it feels quite personal from the director, Lana Wachowski. And I really enjoyed that about it. I like the smaller scale, but at the same time, I wish that the goal of the movie didn't feel as you know generic as it does because i will say just now it does rely heavily on the neo and trinity romance and if you don't buy into that as much i think this movie does do a better job of the sequels and make it showing their connection but that they don't spend as much time together on screen for you to feel it as i think the movie needs considering i didn't really buy it based off based off the trilogy, but I liked that there was an attempt at that, and I liked the smaller scale story in general, and it's one of my favorite things about this movie. But my issue with that is that I just, even with the emotional crux of this being there, I didn't really feel the stakes in this movie. I never was really engaged to a point where I thought one of these characters could die or anything. It just never got to that level for me. And because of that, this movie almost felt to me like a lesser but more enjoy lesser but enjoyable sci-fi action film and it felt a bit less like a matrix movie i just don't think it was as as smart as like certain a lot of ideas from the original trilogy this movie pr presents a lot of fantastic ideas but they're not like extremely clever or anything so it felt almost like a lesser version of the matrix and just kind of like just a fun sci-fi action movie and as that i did enjoy it or at least a sci-fi adventure because this movie doesn't have 
a whole lot of action in the second act. But it's a fun sci-fi adventure. I did really enjoy watching this. I just think as a Matrix movie, I do think there is a lot of issues with this, like I have mentioned. And I think for the most part, the pacing kind of harps to that. Like, it's mostly very entertaining for a lot of it. But parts of the second act are start to, you know, start to be a bit slow and they start to drag. And the movie does take a few detours and goes to a few locations, which didn't add anything to the story they were telling. And just felt more like the, the writers wanting, you to, wanting to catch you up on what's been going on rather than just tell the story that they wanted to tell, which is by definition, a very emotional story. You'll know what I'm talking about when you're seeing the movie. It felt kind of, and it threw off the pacing a bit, but in the first act and third act, it had a very consistent pacing in that the first act is a bit slower, but you're still enjoying Keanu Reeves, you know, just being in this world that he's now in. The third act is very action-heavy, and I think it will keep most people entertained. And the second act has elements of that, but I think that there's times when it kind of gets stretched out unnecessarily, which makes it even more disappointing because parts of the third act, especially kind of the big moments, do feel a bit rushed. So I've gone on for nearly 20 minutes now about this movie, so I'm not going to go on too much longer, but I do have to touch on the cast really quickly. The standout for me, and I think you're going to hear this from just about everybody who sees this movie, was absolutely Jessica Henwick as Bugs, who's a new character. I'm not going to say her role. It's been teased a bit in the trailers, but... She has he had by far the most fun personality of the movie, and I just like that type of character who's very focused on the mission, but isn't like completely dead serious and just doesn't have moments where they really start to, where they really shine and have moments of humor. And I thought she was one of the scene stealers in the movie. Really enjoyed her, and if they're going to continue doing stuff out of this universe, I would love to to be focused on her character, and I would actually love to learn more about her. But then when it comes to the other characters, obviously, like I said, Neo and Trinity's bond is a big part of this movie. And I think both Keanu Reeves and Carrie Yanma slip right back into their roles, and I really enjoyed them. When it comes to the new characters introduced here, a lot of the other ones do feel slightly wasted. Like Jonathan Groff, this has been revealed in some marketing, so I would say just skip the next like 20 to 30 seconds if you don't want to hear about this. But Jonathan Groff does play a version of Agent Smith in this movie. And while he does not get on the level of Hugo Weaving at all and does feel off because you're, because you're comparing him to Hugo Weaving, as just a character, individual new character, he was a lot of fun. And I wish they took that direction because he just felt, it felt kind of jarring making him Smith. And I don't think that worked. But as a new character who is separate from everyone else we know, I actually really enjoyed his presence. Then we get to Yahya Abdul-Mateen, the second character in this movie who he does play Morpheus which has been revealed now in every piece of the marketing like toys and all that so that's certainly not a spoiler and he is completely unnecessary in this movie like if he had been completely removed I don't think the movie would have changed at all in terms of the way the story plays out I liked his presence again I thought Yahya Abdul-Mateen II did a great job embodying Lawrence Fisherman as Morpheus actually even makes fun of him a few times in this movie, which I kind of enjoyed, or at least plays a lesser version of it, which I enjoyed that. But I think that his character just took up screen time that really didn't need anything. And the concept, the way they bring him back, is interesting. And when it comes to the other characters, I thought they were almost completely forgettable, like Neil Patrick Harris as the analyst. He is has a very big role in the film. He doesn't appear like that much. But he has a massive role, and I found his character to be extremely forgettable, unfortunately. 
Anyways, I've rambled on for way too long now. If you enjoyed this review, make sure to come back tomorrow for a ranking of all four Matrix films. And also make sure to come back in a few days for my Spider-Man No Way Home review. And of course, in a few hours, my Hawkeye finale breakdown and review if I'm able to get that out. So when it comes to the Matrix Resurrections, I think overall I lean on the side of positive. But a lot of things about this movie are really come into the mixed category for me. What I think saved this movie were that the visuals were mostly gorgeous. The sound design and score were absolutely fantastic. But when it comes to the story decisions and character decisions, they really, I really had mixed feelings on most, if not all, of the things the, which Alana Wachowski and the writers chose to do here. And that is that some of the story directions I wasn't fully on board with. Some of the pacing felt a bit off at times. But overall, I was entertained. Some of the cast are great and stand out. Some of the other ones are forgettable and just kind of unnecessary. The meta and self-aware and nostalgic nature of this movie sometimes is very funny, sometimes very chill-inducing, but other times just feels too heavy-handed and unnecessary. And that's a lot of what I've said about this movie, pretty much. And something else I actually almost forgot to mention is that I think that I kind of miss the more dark and unsettling tone of a lot of the first Matrix, which I think is completely absent in this movie. I'm going to give The Matrix Resurrections a C plus. And that's actually the same grade I would give The Matrix Reloaded, so come back tomorrow for my ranking. And in terms of recommendation, if you're a Matrix fan, you're obviously going to go see this anyways, but if you're not and you've never been interested in The Matrix lore, I think this is one that you could probably stream if you have a bit of curiosity in how they're going to bring back this franchise. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.